Welcome to the First Prez podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Prez at www.first-prez.org. Amen. Friends, open your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6 as we continue in our series this morning on first things first. Open your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and let's look together at verses 6 to 12. Hear now the word of the Lord. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Let's pray. Lord, over this word, as your people, we pray, have mercy on us. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would speak to us, help us to understand your living word. Bring your word into our lives to do what it needs to do to draw us closer to you and in a deeper and a fuller commitment to eternal life in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, happy Labor Day weekend. What fun. And it's so good to see you again gathered in worship. So in honor of Labor Day weekend and our work and our careers and all that, a quick workplace quiz. It's not too hard. Fill in the blank, okay? It's fill in the blank. Just fill in the blank right after me. Ready? The customer is always right. Good. One for one. Number two, don't put off to tomorrow what you could get done today. Absolutely. Number three, there's no I in Man, this is great. Especially this, you guys are all hired. Right here you had it. Okay, one more. Fourth question. Fourth question. Here at work, God comes. Wow. Unbelievable. At least you knew what the pastor wanted you to say, right? That's step number one. Is that true? Is that true? Can we say that? Can we say in my career, in my work, in my job, in my pursuit of, of, uh, of this most important part of my life, this part of my life that I devote so much energy, so much attention, so much time, 
So much of that is devoted to my work life. Can I say God comes first? And my hopes for advancement and influence and productivity and value, can I say God comes first? First. First things first. We want to give God our first thought. If we don't give God our first thought, you won't give God a second thought. This Labor Day weekend, as we sort of peel back and think about work and career and labor, is God first at work? What would it mean to have God in the very first place, the preeminent place in your career? See, if God is in first place, then we should want to say, we should be able to say that even as we serve the company, even as we serve the customer, as we serve the career goals before us, first, first, I serve Jesus. I serve Jesus first and everything else falls in behind. Amen? Now, I know a lot of us are in a lot of different places in our career life. Some of us are just kids, and we don't know what it means to have a job or career yet. Kids, you need to listen because you need to think and and know what does it mean to serve Jesus first from the very first step. Some of us are, are retired, and so you say, well, pastor, the career, the career's in the books. That's all back there. Why bring it up? Well, listen to this now. Listen to this. Jesus can change your career even after it's done. Do you know that? If you put your career in Jesus' hands, even after it's done, pray that Jesus takes up all you did and shows you what he did through you. Here's what I mean. I know friends who in their retirement, they look back on their career, they commit it all to the Lord, and all of a sudden, they think they've got it all boxed up, what they accomplished, where they finished in their salary, everything that they, that they achieved, and they thought it's all boxed up and put away, and then they submit that whole box, that whole career to the Lord, and Jesus starts bringing things to mind, and he starts bringing people who remind this person of, of different impacts that they've had. See, in submitting your now past work life to the Lord, people start to come forward and explain the impact that they had on them in ways that, that truly matter. They say things like, when you taught that training, I could see that you were a different kind of a person. Or when, when you took time to stop at my desk the day my mother died, You probably didn't know what that meant to me. When you sent that note, I still have that note. And these things start to emerge of how God used a career. Things that you've forgotten the Lord can bring to mind to bless and reframe your entire career. Pray that Jesus takes hold of all you did and shows you what he did through you. Or you might not be in a a, a, a paycheck role right now. You might be called to the home to raise children or service in other ways, or you might be longing to find a job and trying to find that next door that opens up. We're in a lot of different places today, a lot of different contexts, but one truth reigns above all. Jesus comes first. He comes first. First, serve Jesus, and then give yourself to your work. Why? First Timothy outlines the problem for us very clearly. 
See, this whole area, your work life, your career life, your ambitions, your aspirations, your identity wrapped up in, in your job and in your career, this whole area is a minefield for your soul. And you need a, you need a guidance system if you're going to navigate this. You need a north star and a compass. You need to see Jesus out in front of every decision you make about your career. And Timothy warns us about it. What's this letter? Paul is writing a letter to Timothy, his trainee, and now Timothy is in charge of the church in Ephesus that Paul planted. And so I want you to catch the context here. Paul isn't writing about Wall Street. He isn't writing about the the foreign exchange or the cutthroat commercial real estate market in Athens. Who he's talking about here? He's talking about pastors, people in ministry. You see, these temptations are so pernicious. They can they can snake their way in to any heart that fails to put Jesus first in a career. But what we learn from this applies to every career. Let me jump around a little bit, starting at at verse 10 in the middle of the passage. Verse 10, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Have any of you ever been motivated by money? You have? (laughs) Of course you have. Of course you have. And money itself isn't evil. Look, money is just potentiality. Money is, is pure potential. It can become many things. It can do many things. It can become a home for your family. It can become help in, in, in medical need. It can become life experience of travel or, or family vacation or security. Or it can become uh, help for those in our community who need help, for those who, who need aid. Like right now in Texas, where relief is needed, money can move in and and make a difference. It can also, in God's hands, it can become beautiful, eternal kingdom work. Money in God's hands can become things like kids coming to faith in Christ, marriages getting rescued from the edge of of disaster, missions making the name of Jesus famous across the globe. It can become expanded worship opportunities, reaching a city with the good news of the gospel where a church grows and grows like a, like a lake ever expanding on its shores, reaching more and more of the edge. It can become beautiful things in God's hands. But love of money, love of money, eagerness for money, well, that can grab your heart and it can pull you straight out of God's purposes for your life. It's like a root, it says. It's like a root and all kinds of evil things grow out of that root. It's like a seed bed and all kinds of evil things and problems can emerge. I don't even really have to list examples for you, do I? 
I mean, we see it. You just, you just watch things happen, watch things unfold in your own life, watch things unfold in, in the week's news and think about, well, where did this come from? Where did the lying come from? Where did the abuse come from? Where did the, the, uh, the governmental corruption come from, the, the global collapse of, of justice? Where did it come from? Where did the marital discord emerge? Somebody wanted more money. Verse 9, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. That's the problem. That's the problem. What's the solution? Jesus first. The solution is serve Jesus first. In my career, in my ambition, in my my drive, I want to serve Jesus first. Jesus, more than ambition, more than success, more than influence, more than money, love Jesus first. Serve Jesus first. Say, Lord, I love you more than all of these. Look at verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Can we say that together? But godliness with contentment is great gain. Do you know, I don't read that a lot in, uh, in the motivational business books. Do you? I don't get a lot of that out of the uh, go further, faster, more, more, more crowd. I just don't see it. In their, in their literature, godliness plus contentment equals great gain. If you're catching a, a play, on, if, you, if you think you're, you're smelling a play on words there, you're absolutely right. He, Paul is saying great gain, profit margin, return on investment. If you want to know how to make a great return, if you want to know how to make a great profit, godliness plus contentment. Godliness. I want to honor God first in all things. I want godliness. You might know a way to cut a corner. You might know a way to to fluff the bottom line, but I want godliness, and, and I value it, and it's not worth it to me to lose that, to cut a corner with you. I want godliness. I want God first in my career, in my ambitions. Godliness plus Contentment. Contentment. What I have, I have from the hand of God, and I'm content. I'm I'm fundamentally grateful and content with what I have. Oh, if I can work harder, and if God will pour out blessings, if there's greater opportunity for me to use my gifts, wonderful. And I'm going to go. I'm going to go with all that I have. If I stay where I am and I serve the Lord, I'm content. I'm content. Godliness plus contentment is great gain. John Calvin actually thought this is the most important verse to measure our careers against. He wrote in his Institutes of the Christian Religion, there is a world of vices hidden in the soul of man, the desire for wealth, the lust of power, and the favor of men, and also false ambitions, and hunger for human glory along with more secret evils. 
These are all, he said, tempered by 1 Timothy 6.6. Godliness plus contentment is great gain. I want godliness. I want contentment in the Lord. I want Jesus first in my career. Calvin wrote, if a man has learned to regard God in every enterprise, he will be delivered from all vain desires. Regard God in every enterprise. Well, first things first. We want Jesus first, even at work. I want God first in my career and how God is using my career. What does it look like? I want to elevate four thoughts. Number one, number one, do what God wants. Do what God wants. What's the last time you put your whole career, your whole vocation before the Lord and said, Jesus, is this what you want me doing? Or do you want me doing something else? And just with an openness of spirit saying, Lord, you just direct me and, and I'll do whatever it is. My life belongs to you. I want God first. I want to do what God wants. Then you know I'm serving the Lord. Maybe God wants you doing something else. Maybe God wants you to move into full-time ministry or missions. You know, pastors are so quick to say, don't worry, following Jesus doesn't mean you're going to get shipped off to Africa, that sometimes we forget to say, actually, following Jesus sometimes means you're going to get shipped off to Africa. <laughs> and you ought to be ready to say, Lord, whatever it is, I'm off. If you want me doing that with the gifts you've given me, that's what I want to be doing. I sat with lunch uh, with a friend who is moving his family. They're going into full-time missions now in Tajikistan. I had to look that up. <laughs> He's bringing his wife, his two little kids, into Tajikistan. He's going to be in full-time missions. He said to me at the end of the lunch, so Tim, come see me next year in Dushanbe. I said, yeah, right. But then I could tell he was serious. So I had to say, don't count on it. But who knows? Maybe I'll get there. But off he goes. What does the Lord want of your, your career, your gifts? Are you willing to lay it all down before the Lord? We're so quick to bounce our kids, our grandkids on our knee and say, you can be whatever you want. Actually, it isn't true, and it puts horrendous pressure on them. We need to, we need to whisper in their ears the truth. You can be exactly what God wants you to be. And there's no limits. If you put your hands, you put your life in God's hands. And then you go back and you know that whatever you're doing, you're doing it for the Lord. Do what God wants. Number two, see work as mission. Putting God first at work, first at work sometimes means seeing your position as an outpost for God's kingdom. Asking every day why God might have put you in that position and in that influence, who God wants you to reach in that sphere of influence at work. God might have put you there to cast His light into a place of darkness that otherwise no light would come in. Who does God want you to reach from the sphere of influence He's given you at work? Remember, remember that nobody likes to be a project to be fixed and no, no, nobody's going to like to, to think that you see them as a problem. Just be a friend in your sphere of influence. Be a friend. That's the best way to shed the light in the life of Christ. Be ready to sacrifice for the well-being of others. But maybe, maybe your work is a mission, a mission field. 
But maybe your best witness is good work. That's number three. Pursue excellence, add value. Sometimes the best Christian witness is a Christian doing her best. And that, that, being excellent at what you do, pursuing excellence in all that you do, doing your job to the best of your ability is something God can use to reveal His goodness and His glory. Seek to, seek to do your best. Seek to add value in your workplace. Don't seek to be valued. Seek to add value and see how God uses that to reveal Himself. See, we can do these things as believers because we remember what it says in Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the who? The Lord, not for human masters. So you go to work and you say, well, I'm not working for my boss. I'm not working for my pitch. I'm working, whatever I'm doing, I'm working for the Lord. It changes the game. It changes the way that you approach your day. Number four, and maybe you haven't thought as much about this one, four simple ideas. Number four, reframe the work. What do I mean? As children of God, shaped by worship, formed for the kingdom, as people living with a Jesus perspective in this world, we can sometimes see things differently from those around us. And how many know there are many companies that are trying to reframe their industry into a more meaningful kind of a thought pattern? See, what I, see, it's not just a coffee shop. It's a life experience, that kind of thing. It's not just a, a phone. It's a global intellectual progress device. It's not just an automobile, it's family security and safety. See, see all that? And some of it is just hokey marketing, isn't it? Do we have any hokey marketers? <laughs> God bless you. But, but how grateful we are when industry wants to find a way to express its meaning in the world in larger ways than bottom line profit. Profit is not an evil thing. But sometimes we can help companies to see the larger impact of their industry. A friend of mine works for uh, the Weather Company, which owns the Weather Channel, weather.com, and it's owned by IBM. And they decided that uh, they wanted to do a special project. And they decided that they were dissatisfied with the storms that come against the Philippine Islands and how unprepared the Philippines are. So IBM decided we're going to have a special project. We're going to install a new system of analytics and communications for that region as an act of charity. So not only did they decide to do this without profit, but they began to see it as a way to train their best leaders. They said, let's not just gather volunteers. Let's call the best and the brightest from across our company and train them for this so that when they come out of the other end, they see things differently. They're more innovative and entrepreneurial leaders. My friend, uh, a friend of mine named Lee got selected and has been training now for months, and soon he'll be in the Philippines for six weeks installing the best new predictive analytics to save lives when the next storm hits. I love it. I mean, isn't that wonderful? We're grateful for that. Yeah, now, is IBM going to use that as a... Uh, you know, a marketing piece and a communications tool and all of that? Oh, you bet. 
You bet they are. Absolutely. But we celebrate that. Lives are being saved. Why? Because, because the industry was reframed with a different view, a view to, well, to loving your neighbor. Now, you as a Christian in your workplace, how can you reframe the industries that you're a part of? Maybe God has put you in a place of influence to reframe the work, to bring meaning, open up conversations about things that matter in the workplace. It's easy, you see, to get carried away with ambition for wealth or success. Scripture tells us, verses 11 and 12, but you, man of God, woman of God, flee from all of this. Don't mess with it. Flee from it. Flee from all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. When we stand for Christ in our careers and workplaces, when we put Jesus first in this most important part of our lives, our ambitions at work, our career, how we think about them in the future, how we, how we measure them in the past, we, we can resist the temptations and watch beautiful things emerge. We can create beautiful things, beautiful, purposeful industry that helps people thrive and honors God. The old book of Presbyterian Common Worship has a prayer for the workplace. And it goes like this. Almighty Father, who by thy Son Jesus Christ has sanctified labor to the welfare of mankind, prosper, we pray thee, the industries of this land and all those who are engaged therein, that shielded in all their temptations and dangers, and receiving a due reward for their labors, they may praise Thee by living according to Thy will through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Isn't that a great prayer for your workplace, for your career? Do you know that the church prays for your career? Do you know that I pray for your industry, that I pray for for your businesses to thrive? I pray for you to do well. I pray for God to to bless your efforts, to to pour out His favor. Listen, I want you to be successful and fulfilled in the work that you're doing with your hands. I want you to be, uh, hey, the most valuable employee on the payroll. And then I want you to tithe. Why wouldn't we want that for one another? Why wouldn't we want the Lord to prosper our industries of our hands, to prosper noble business practices that help people to thrive and use their gifts? Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? We pray for it. Fight the good fight at work. Keep Jesus out front. Serve Jesus first, and everything else will fall into place. Let's pray. Lord, in this area, there are so many temptations. 
So many times each of us can think, Lord, of how we were pulled away from our confidence in you, from our desire for godliness and contentment. So, Lord, in everything that we do with our hands and wish to be, in every way that we wish to to be useful and valuable and productive, in every way, Lord, that we think about our careers as they're out in front of us, as we're in the middle of them, as they're behind us, Lord, we lay it all down at your feet today, seeking your peace. Lord, looking to see the ways that in all that we did and are doing and will do, you have done beautiful things for your glory, and we rest in you, and we serve you first. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.